0: three and I also want you to look at first John, John chapter three and first John chapter three. John chapter three and first John chapter three. There'll be some other passages that I'm going to have this morning as well, but I believe this too will probably do. I'll just read the other ones out to you. You can write these down and look at them for yourselves later if you like to take notes. The title of my message this morning is, Who am I anyway? Who am I anyway? A few days ago, there was a story in the news that spoke of a woman who, when she was a baby, was abducted, was abducted from the hospital. And they said that she was abducted from, abducted from the hospital by a woman who was dressed like a nurse. The lady said that she grew up, that as she grew up, she began to suspect that she wasn't really with her family. She didn't think that she was really related to those folks that she was with. She said they had different characteristics. There were just things that was different about them. They didn't look alike. They didn't have some things in common. And later on, she said, when I asked for a birth certificate, she said they couldn't give me one. They didn't have a social security card. They couldn't give her any of those things. And so what she did was she done an investigation and she uh, went to the missing children uh, website and found a picture of a, a baby there that had been abducted years ago. And so she done some investigating about herself. And then come to find out, she found out who she was. And she found out who she belonged to. And so all her life, for a lot of her life, she had this question in her mind: is, who am I anyway?" Because she said, "I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I belonged to. I didn't know who my family was." And so, what she did is she done an self examination. She did an investigation, and she found out who she was. And so, what they did was, whenever she found that picture, they contacted a woman who they thought might be her mother. Done some DNA tests, and come to find out, uh, she found who her mama was. And so, they was uh, they was reunited. She was twenty four years old. Been a long time. Been a long time. But she found her family, and they are reunited today. But I want you to notice four truths that you can apply out of her story. I want you to see four truths that, that you can apply to your spiritual life out of just her story. The first thing is the young lady was uncertain who she was, and that's something you need to find out. Who am I? Who am I, anyways? If you don't know who you are this morning, that's something you'd find out. You'd find out who you are. Second, she had no similarities to the family, and she had no similarities to the family. And so, if you uh, something you need to ask yourself this morning is if you don't if you don't know who you are, you think you uh, or you um, see somebody you'd like to be related to. Maybe you need to see if there's any characteristics, or anything. If you have any similarities. Third, she didn't have no birth certificate. She didn't have no birth certificate. And fourth, uh, what she did was she done a, an investigation of herself. And so that's what I'm going to ask you this morning. Just think about those four things as I'm going to give you these these three truths I want you to understand. We're going to talk about three different kinds of children today. Three different kinds of children. And as we go through these three different kinds of children that the Bible speaks of, I want you to see, I want you to take those four things that we just talked about, those four things in her life, and and apply them to yourself as we go through these three children we're going to talk about this morning. And I believe uh, that at the end. If you don't know this morning who you are, you'll find out before you leave today. If you don't know who you are, you'll find out before you leave today. I believe it's important that all of us know who we are. That we that we all know who we are. How, how she must have felt growing up in her life, uh, unsure about her identity, unsure about who she was. The feeling of not knowing who you are or who you belong to must have really made her... Feel really empty and real unsecure and real lonely. Can you imagine uh, not knowing exactly who you are for 24 years, for all that time? Well, as I said, I want us to see three kinds of children this morning. And before we leave this service today, uh, you should know what kind of child you are before you leave the service. One child that's mentioned in the Bible, if you like to write notes, I'll just go ahead and throw them out. One child that's mentioned in the Bible is a child of God. A child of God. Another child that's mentioned in the Bible is a child of the devil. A child of the devil. And another child that's mentioned is a child of disobedience and wrath. A child of disobedience and wrath. So let's take a look at our first child this morning. Our first child, we're going to to look in John chapter 3. And we're going to read in verses 5 to 7. John chapter 3 and verses 5 to 7. The Bible says, And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and other spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. And so Jesus showed us here as he was speaking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, they came to him by night because he was probably afraid of maybe what the other Pharisees and what the other folks may think and so he wanted to, uh, to approach Jesus in this sense and maybe become a secret disciple. Some, he wanted to, to talk about some things and spend some time with him to, so nobody else would, would know about it. And so as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, Jesus says some things to him and how he can know that he's a child of God. How he can know that he is a child of God. And what he said was in verse 7 is that you must be born again. You must be born again. And so you're going to know if you're a child of God if you have been born again. If you have been born again. Years ago, years ago in 1977, I was born. And I was born to my father. My father's name was Robert Steve Warren. Robert Steve Warren, that's who my father is. But I was born again in 1987. Ten years later. When I was 10 years old, I got saved. And I was first I was born to Robert Stephen Warren, and my, he was my earthly father. He was my earthly father, but I was born again in 1987, the day I got saved and trusted Christ as my personal Savior. And I was born again to my, my heavenly father. See, I had an earthly father, but I was born again to my heavenly father. And see, I call my heavenly father the great I Am. See, I call my earthly father Robert Steve Warren, but I call my, I call my heavenly father the great I am. I call him my God. I, I call him my creator. That is my heavenly father. I was born again into the family of God. I had a, I had a fleshly birth and I had a, a spiritual birth. And so if you want to know if you're a child of God, then you know that you've been born again. You've been born again. You've, you've accepted Christ as your personal savior. I also know that I'm a child of God because there's a record of my birth. There's a record of my birth. You know, I do think that sometimes we often get hung up on. Remember, do you, do you remember the time and the place? Do you remember the date? Do you remember the how the wind was blowing? Do you remember the color shirt you was wearing and all these kinds? Of, you know, I think sometimes we get a little bit too caught up on that. And I mean, let me ask you this: Do you? Do you rem- I mean, I think whenever we got saved, because uh, we're later on in life, we, we we remember. You know, I believe God uses uh, the day we got saved to bring to our attention. Look, because the devil likes to uh, to tell us that we're not saved and bring those things to our mind and. And give us, you know, give us doubts, and make us insecure about some things. And I think God uses the day we got saved uh, as using that as a, the Holy Spirit uses that as a witness for us to show us, hey, look, you're a child of God, you're a child of God. But let me, but don't, we don't need to get so caught up in the fact that if you can't remember this, I know I was ten, and I know where I was at. But I don't know what time it was, not even remember the date. All right? You know, because I don't, you know, whenever you was born in the flesh, you don't remember all that stuff. You was a little baby, you don't remember nothing. You wouldn't know that if somebody, if somebody told you. That's the only way you'd know. So listen, don't get too caught up on remembering. If I don't remember the exact date, I must not be saved. Don't get too caught up on that. But I do believe if you're a child of God, I, believe, I do believe that you remember the day you got saved, because that'll be a moment you'll never forget. You know, because you have to be of the age of accountability. And when you're that age, you're going to be able to remember these things. And when the devil comes by and says you're not saved and you lost on your way to heaven, the Holy Spirit to use that. Holy Spirit, use that day that you got saved as a witness for you to bring to your members. hey, you're a child of God, you got saved. Uh, but there's a record of my birth. I know I'm a child of God because there's a record of my birth. When I got saved, you know what they did? They filled out a birth certificate. They filled out a birth certificate and they said, you know what? Brian Brian J. Warren was born to Robert Steve Warren and, and Priscilla Joel Smith on January 5th, 1977. You know, it, at this time, weighed 6 pounds, 5 ounces, the best looking young was ever been born in this hospital. <laughs> Well, yeah, y'all, y'all don't believe that. It's real. It's true. That's true story. That's a true story. <laughs> I, I tried, you know. I, I tried. I tried. But I know. I, was, I know. I was born. I know. I was born again, and because I have a uh, uh, because I have a um, a birth certificate, there was a record. Of my birth. Well, it's the same way when you get saved. You get saved. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says it's your name. is written down in the Lamb's book of life. There's a record of your birth. Whenever you got saved and you said, God, please forgive me and please save me and wash me in the blood of the Lamb, you know what happened? Your name got wrote down. Your name got wrote down. There was a record There was a record of your birth, and it was written down. It was said, Look, Brian J. Warren got saved on this this day. I may not remember, but God knows when it is. I may not remember the exact day and the exact time and what the weather was like outside and what color the the leaves on the trees were, but God knows all that. But I do know I was born again. I do know I was born again, and God kept a record of that. And the Bible tells us that our names are written down. In the Lamb's Book of Life. And He tells us that in Revelation twenty one, twenty seven. Twenty one twenty seven, which is called the Lamb's Book of Life. And I believe it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, is the reason why it's called that is because it, the Lamb's Book of Life shows us all who have life in Christ. Because what is Jesus? Well, He is our Lamb. He's our sacrificial Lamb. And what is, And Jesus is what? He is the life. And now what He says? He said, I am the life. He said, I am the life. And so the Lamb's Book of Life is a record of all those who have eternal life. A record of all those that have eternal life. Our name's written down in the in the heavenly book. In the heavenly book. Think about this. In Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 20, Jesus had sent His disciples out to proclaim uh, to proclaim the kingdom, to, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons and, and all these kinds of things. And whenever all those disciples came back, whenever they came back, the Bible says that they rejoiced, saying, look, Jesus, even the demons are subject unto us through Thy name. Even the demons are subject unto us through the name. But Jesus said, hey, rather rejoice because Your name's are written in heaven because your names are written in heaven and so that shows me that whenever people get saved when people get saved their names are are written in heaven that's luke chapter 10 verses 17 to 20
1: and so first
0: you're born and then your name is written down now what what happens you're born your name is written down and then what happens where everybody comes by look at you Right? Ain't that what they do? The, the, wife, the, yeah, the wife's in there. She has the baby, you know, and they take the baby out and they clean him all up and get him, get him all, you know, best looking the way they can, you know, before, <laughs> before everybody comes to look at him. And they put there and, and everybody comes by to look at him and they just sit there and they make all the little, gooty faces. Ain't that what they do? And they come by and they look in the mirror and they just, you know, you know what you do? This is what I do. I, I, when people come by and they do that and they just do it, I just look at them. And I'm just like, man, if you really knew what she looked like, doing making all those faces. But yeah, it's just what we do. You know, we all do that. And we go by and we see that little baby there, and we just, and you know, what else they do? Oh, he just looks so much like his daddy. Oh, she just looks so much like his mama. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Oh, he looks like his uncle Ronnie. You know? Yeah. They just just say all kinds of things. They try to find the the similarities. They try to find the similarities in the children and the parents and the family. And now, why? Because usually, <laughs> you should resemble who your father is. You should resemble, uh, we're, you know, our parents. You know, as a child of God, uh, we should have many of the same traits and characteristics of our family. When people look at us, they should see us, and they should. When people see us, what is it they should see? Well, they should see Jesus, right? Yeah, why? Because we're made in His, you know, not only are we just made in His image, but you know, when we're born in the family of God, the Bible says we should be more conformed in His image. And so as, as being children of God, as being saved and on our way to heaven, then we should be more conformed in His image. And so when people see us, they should see the same traits and characteristics that they, you know, they should see Jesus in our lives, right? Ain't that what they should see? You know, the word Christian means, the word Christian means one like Christ. That's what the word Christian means. And so we're supposed to be one that's like Christ. And when people see us, that that's what they should see. That's what they should see. And so we know when people, uh, you know, they, when they come by and they look at that little baby, you know, in there, and that's what they do. They start they start relating the same characteristics that this person, this child looks like their parents and this child looks like their, you know, their whatever it is in their family. And so when people see us, they should see the same characteristics in our spiritual lives. They can see that we are, that we're related to our Heavenly Father because of the, the things that we do and because of the things that we say and because of how we act and because of how we care ourselves. All those kinds of things. We should have the same characteristics in our life as jesus does be you know be, being being like christ being like him being uh, more conformed into his image what are some of the characteristics of christ uh? You say, well, we're supposed to be like Him. We're supposed to be more conformed to His image. Well, what are, what, are, what are some of the characteristics of God? If I'm supposed to be a child of God, then what are those characteristics? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to look like? You know, am I supposed to... You know, what, what is all this stuff? Well, let me show you some things. I want to show with you some of the characteristics of God. Now you can find out if you're a child of God this morning or not. Well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get saved. You know, you've got to get saved. The Bible we just read, the Bible says you must be born again. You know, you're a child of God if you've been born again. If you've, if you've, uh, if you've placed all your trust in Lord Jesus, Christ to save you and not to trust on anything else and you know not even a little bit to the side but you're giving it all to him and you're trusting him to save you you know and you've asked him to forgive you of your sin you know and wash you in his blood and all that and, you, and you've asked him to, uh, to come to live in your life and be your Lord and Savior you know you've asked him to save you you know you're a child of God you must be born again well Jesus also said in John chapter 14 uh, 23 he said, uh, he said if a man love me he'll keep my words if a man love me He'll keep my words. And so obedience to the Lord and His commands is a characteristic of God. It's a characteristic of a child of God. By by loving Him and keeping His words and His commandments, that shows us that that is a characteristic of being a child of God. And so if you're born again and you're a child of God, that is one of the things that you're going to want to do. That's one of the the characteristics that should be in your life is that I want to obey the commands of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 13, verses 34 and 35, He said a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. And so showing our love for each other is a characteristic is a characteristic of a child of God. Showing, showing showing each other that you love each other. Your brothers and sisters in Christ that you love each other. Uh, the family that lost everything they got, showing them that you love them and that you care about them. Well, that's a characteristic of a child of God. You know? That's what that is. You know, just loving each other and you know, and uh, Jesus said, Love them as I loved you. And what was and what was his love? Well his love was sacrificial, wasn't it? You know, he, he gave everything that he had. He gave everything he had. So we need to. So a characteristic of a child of God is that they they have love. They have love. First John two six says that he that saith he abideth in him all, he he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. And so another characteristic of a child of God is that they want to uh, uh, live and walk like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's that's a characteristic of a child of God. They want to live like the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanna they don't they wanna walk like him and they wanna they wanna be like him. Sure it is. Let's take a look at first John chapter three. 1 John chapter three. 1 John chapter three and verse nine. Bible says here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, that whosoever is born of God, whosoever is born of God, you know what that means? That means that anybody can be born of God if they choose to. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. You say, wow, what does that mean? You mean if I'm a child of God, I'm not going to commit a sin? That's not what it's saying. That's not what it's saying. It's not saying that, that if you're a child of God that you won't never commit a sin. That's not what he's saying here. That word commit there, that word commit there means to practice, to habitually practice, to live as a way of life. To live as a way of life, that's what that means. Well God know that God knew that we were that we were sinners when He saved us, right? Yeah, of course it didn't. God doesn't let us doesn't expect us to live a perfect life because he knows that we can't, because we're in an imperfect flesh, amen. We're in this imperfect flesh, and so we're not going to live a perfect life until we get to heaven. You know, that's that's our day of redemption, amen. It's when you die and you get to heaven, that's your day of redemption. Man, now you're man, you're with the Lord Jesus now. Now you are you're you know you're you're not in this sinful flesh anymore. You know you're uh, you don't you're not gonna be committing sin and things like that. But the Bible says here that whosoever is born of God doesn't commit sin. In other words, he doesn't practice sin it's not his it's not his uh, it's not his way of life it's not his way of life you know I understand that we all sin but you know we also have to understand look what we're getting down to here is the the Bible saying look the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you and that's what he says there in verse 9 whosoever is born in him cannot commit sin or practice sin or or live a life of sin why? why is that? look verse 9 for his seed remains in him whose seed? well God's seed God's seed God see. What does God see? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so you can't live a life of sin. You can't live a life of sin. If you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you can't live that way and let that be a way of life and habitually do these things and, and feel no conviction of the Holy Spirit whatsoever. And that's what he's just talking about. He's saying, look, if you want to know if you're a child of God or not, you'll know it because of this. It's because not only, not only did you ask the Lord Jesus to save you, not only that, and, and, and not only because you, you know, maybe have these characteristics. Of child of God, in life. look, I'm gonna tell you something else. One way you'll know that you're saved is if you can. One way you'll know that you're saved is if you can. Is if you can sin, and the Holy Spirit convicts your heart of it. And the Holy Spirit convicts you of because He says, "Look, you can't do these things. You can't live this kind of life and feel no conviction of the Holy Spirit whatsoever. Because My Seed is in you. My Seed. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. And says so you just can't live that way and feel no conviction whatsoever. And and you know and um And be saved. You just you just can't do that. And so, secondly, as we're going to look on down, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse it says it just runs right into it. In this, the children of God are manifest. What's that mean? What's that mean? In in other words, he's saying the way you live and, and the way you carry out your life shows what kind of child you are. The kind of fruit that you bear, the way the life that you live. Says what kind of child you are. It, it's revealing. The word manifest means to it's open, it's revealed. It's open, it's revealed. You know, other people can usually, you know, I know the Bible says, you know, I, mean, I know I can't tell if you're saved or not. And you can't tell if I'm saved, only God knows that. But I can tell you what, by the way you act and the things you do and the way you talk, it sure does give a whole lot of hints about who you are. It gives a whole lot of hints about who you are. And so the Bible says here in, in, in verse 10, he says, in this, in this. Because he's talking about the practicing and the non-practicing of sin. He said, in this the children of God are manifest. In this the children of of God are, are made known and the children of the devil. And the children of the devil. Yeah. And so that's going to be our second child we're going to talk about this morning. Is a child of the devil. A child of the devil is exactly what it sounds like. Sounds pretty bad, don't it? A child of the devil. Notice in first John three ten, he says, so by what you practice and how you live your life, makes known who you are, whether you're a child of the devil or not. And so what are the characteristics of the child of the devil? Well, the Bible says here in First John three ten that whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Whosoever doesn't do righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth, neither he that loveth not his brother. And so, what were just some of the characteristics that we were talking about? About being a child of God. Well, it was doing things for each other. What did Jesus say in the book of Matthew? He, says, he said, Let's, He said, do uh, Do good works in front of men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah. And so, and so, in the book of Matthew, I think it's chapter five or chapter six. He said, "Let your let your works be seen of men." So, or along that fact, so that people can acknowledge your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so, it's that we're doing good things and we're uh, being good to people, showing the love of God to folks. And by doing that, by doing that, we show who we are. And so, if the absence from that, by not showing the love of God to nobody, and 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 not doing the righteousness of God, not being saved, not doing the right not having no love for your fellow brother or, or any or anybody. For for that matter, because he says that a child of the devil is somebody that doesn't do the righteousness of God. He doesn't practice the righteousness of God. He doesn't live that kind of life. He could care less about living the, the life that God is, wants them to live. And so he said the child of the devil doesn't do the righteousness of God. Neither uh, does he love his brother. Neither does he love his brother. And so the child of the devil would naturally be really just a total opposite of the child of God. It's just the total opposite. The word doeth there, when he says whosoever doeth, means he doesn't produce, he doesn't construct or or fashion in his life anything of the the righteousness of God. And so whosoever is not keeping the Lord's commands and walking and and, and living and and whosoever indulges himself in sin and has no conviction, has no love and compassion and concern for others, would be a good indication that maybe they're a child of the devil and they're not a child of God. You think about the child of the devil, what are what, what, what his characteristics, huh? What are what, what is, what is his characteristics on, on your life? What does he do to you? Yeah, he has no mercy, does he? Yeah, he has no mercy on your life. He could care less about you. Yeah, he can care less about you or anything else. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. He says, look, this is a, a child of the devil is characterized by these kinds of things. But something you also need to understand is the child of the devil is not necessarily somebody that's not in this church. You need to understand that. A child of the devil is not just somebody that's out there. It could be somebody in here. You understand that too? You say, Why well, do you say that?" Well, we're going to take a look at that right here. Uh, the Bible. What about the Bible say about the Pharisees? Yeah, what the Bible say about the Pharisees? Now, I'll tell you what. The Lord Jesus Christ had a lot of run-ins with them. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of battles with the Pharisees. You know, uh, so a child of the devil, you know, is uh, doesn't necessarily have to be characterized by somebody sitting out there at home drinking a beer doesn't necessarily have to be characterized by somebody sitting out there uh, at home doing drugs and in prostitution and, and all those kinds of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's out there just living a life of sin. It can be somebody in here acting like they're living a good life and they're not. That's what a child of the devil is too. Because what are the things that the devil does? Well, he's a deceiver, ain't he? He's a deceiver, ain't he? Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you might be sitting beside the child of the devil right now. Don't Husbands, don't look to you. Wives, and wives, don't look to you. I'm just kidding. You say, yeah, well, preacher, you don't know. We get on meet the devil. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, hope not. But I'm just saying, look, when we think of when we think about these kinds of people, we just think, oh, they're all out there, no, they're in here too. All no, they're in here too. What what did Jesus say, let the weak and tares grow up together? Yeah. He said the weak and tares grow up together. And he says you won't be able to tell the difference in between the two because they looked about the same. He said, The weak and tares look about the same. The only way to be able to tell the difference is by the fruit that they bear. By the fruit that they bear is the only way to be able to tell. Yeah. That's exactly right, and so a child of the devil doesn't necessarily mean they're out there, but it means you know they could be in here. But we do know that a child of the devil, somebody's not saved. We do know that a child of the devil, somebody's not saved, but it's somebody that can act like they're saved. A child of the devil can act like they're saved. That's why they're in the church because they act like they're saved. That's exactly right, and they carry out the religious duties and do all kinds of things. You know, the uh, the, the Jesus called the, the uh, Pharisees hypocrites. Why did he call them that? Because they acted like they done not Well, they they were so strenuous on keeping the law and, and doing all these kinds of things, doing all these religious things, and and doing this. And making themselves look good in front of people and everybody just look out and think, man, they're really something, but you know what? Inside, they wasn't nothing like everybody thought. They wasn't nothing like everybody thought. But yet they came to the temple all the time, man. That's they, they knew the law, they knew they knew they knew the Bible. They they could recite all, you know, to be a Pharisee, you had to be able to recite at least the first five books of Moses by memory. So let me tell you something. These guys were brilliant men. They were brilliant men, intelligent men. And everybody would look at them and think, "Oh, what a Pharisee! What a Pharisee. You see, That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted." The Bible, Jesus talks throughout the throughout the, the gospels how they just desired the that they just desired the uh, the glory of men, you know. And so these men, these these guys, you know, they were they were in the temple, you know, just like these people. They come to church, you know. They it could be your Sunday school. It could even be your pastor. You don't know me. I you, know, uh, you know. To me, I know myself. I mean, you don't know me. It could even be me, you know. So it just doesn't have to be somebody out there. It could be somebody in here. But yet they've done all kinds of things. You know, came to the temple, performed all kinds of religious duties. You know, and and all those kinds of things. But you know what Jesus said to them? He said, "You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You honor me with your lips, and you honor me with the things that you do, but really, your hearts are far from me. Really, your hearts are far from me." Jesus said, in Matthew seven. Verses 22 to 23, he said that there would be many that come to me that day on that judgment day. He said there's going to be many that come to me on that day and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we've done many wonderful works in thy name. And the Bible says that Jesus is going to say, I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Depart from me. You know what that means? That means they weren't saved. It means they weren't saved. Because if they Jesus saved, Jesus never told them to depart from them. You know, people say, well, you can lose your salvation. Well, when I see here, Jesus said, Jesus told them, I never knew you. Jesus said, I never knew you. So how can you lose your salvation? If you come to know Christ, what happens? Well, you come to know Jesus, right? You know Jesus and Jesus knows you. Yeah. Well, how can the Lord Jesus say, depart from me if I never knew you? If He didn't know you already. Yeah, think about these things. Yeah, yeah. You, you, know, it's, you know, eternal security is my message, but I mean, I'm just saying, it's all throughout the Bible. It's just all throughout the Bible. Also see here is all these things that all these things that the Pharisees did and all the things, you know, that the people are a child of the devil's deceitful. Because why? Because he's like his father. And that's what the that's what the devil is. He's a he's deceitful and, and a child of the devil will do the things that their father does. Amen. We do the things that, you know, we try to, you know, exercise and practice in our life the things of our father. Yeah, and so a child of the devil is going to do the same thing, and he's going to do the uh, the same thing the devil does. And so a child of the devil can be deceitful, deceitful, and just look like and look like one of our own. Jesus said in John eight forty four, you know what Jesus actually called them? Jesus called them specifically children of the devil. Call them specifically that. Why? Because they had the same characteristics. They had the same kind of characteristics. Same kind of traits. He said in John, 8, chapter, uh, John chapter 8, verse 44, He said, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. And the lust of your father you will do. So Jesus told the Pharisees, What you are, is you're like, white as sepulchers? Man, you're all clean and, and white, and you look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Ain't nothing to you. You're just as, dead, just as dead as can be. On the inside, you have no life. You have no life. But yet you do this and you spend time in the temple and you, and you know the law of God and you, and you do what? You teach others. Yeah, that's what Pharisees did. Man, you teach others. But yet on the inside, man, you're full of dead men's bones. Man, there ain't no life to you at all. And you honor me with your lips and your hearts are far from me. And so, as we examine ourselves this morning, and we think about those things that that, that, that lady did in her life, as we—that's one thing we have to do. Is you have to examine ourselves to find out who we are. And so, to find out who you are, we have to, you know, ask us some questions. No, what Am I? Am I? Do I? Who do I look like more so far? Do I look like more of a child of God, or 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 do are the characteristics and the traits of my life look more like a child of the devil? You know, are are these the things I do? Do I just come to church and just you know, and just try to you know, is that the kind of person I am? Am I, am I like this Pharisee? Or I'm I, I like a real child of God. You know, and just like that lady had to examine herself, that's the things that we gotta do. We gotta examine our own self. Gotta examine our own self. Many years ago there was a man by the name of Anton Xander LeVay. Anybody know who he is? Anton Xander LeVay. Anybody ever heard that name? Yes, yeah, he had a, he had a uh, he started the first church of Satan. Anton Xander Levet. He started the first church of Satan. And I believe it's in California. I believe it's in I may be wrong, but I believe I believe it's in California. And I saw a picture of it. I saw a picture of it. I, that it's you got houses or sitting all around and then his is this one house in the middle and it's all black.
1: It's all black and all
0: these other houses are sitting around beside of it, you know, and they they look nice, you know, and well painted and everything look good. And you got his and you got his uh, his church sitting right there in the middle and it's the whole thing's black. I tell you it sticks out like a sore thumb. It sticks out like a sore thumb. But he started his name was Anton Xander Levy, and he started the first church of Satan. He's also the author of the Satanic Bible. He author authored the Satanic Bible. And in the Satanic Bible, uh, LeVay wrote a number of principles and, and ways of living that Satanists ought to live. And one of those things was, was do what you want to do, that is the whole of the law. In other words, everything can be summed up in this. Just do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Everything can be summed up in this. Do what you want to do. That is the whole of the law. And that's, that's what Satanists practice. It's now See, Satanism isn't just about really getting down on your hands and knees and, and worshiping the devil himself. They are worshiping the devil when they do that. But see, they're, they're not just down on their hands and knees worshiping the devil himself. They're worshiping their own selves. They're worshiping their own selves. They're worshiping uh, their greed and their lust and, and their desires to do anything they want to do and live any kind of life they want to live. Which is, in fact, worshiping the devil. Right. And they use the pentagrams and they do all those things. And, and they you know, make sacrifices and do, all, do, all, do a lot of those kinds of things. But really, the, the church of Satan was all about worshiping yourself. It's all about worshiping yourself and just doing what you want to do. You know, there's many songs, if you listen to them, you'll hear a lot of songs that will just say, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Just live like you want to live and just do what you want to do. Why? Because it makes me happy. It's what I want to do. Yeah. And you say, let me tell you, let, me, let me ask you, let me tell you this. There's many Christians, there's many Christians that'll say, you know, that, that, that live like they want to do, but if I was to say, you know what? If I was to say, you know what, this is uh, uh, this is uh, what what Satanism is and, and this was his law right here, just do what you want to do and that is the whole other law, but there are Christians that live that there are Christians that live that way. If I was to say that that uh, that uh, that uh, if I was to say, well, you know, would you ever consider being a satanist? If I was to come to you and ask you that, would you ever consider being a satanist or living like a satanist? You'd say, oh no, I'd never do something like that. But yet we walk out of here and live like it. Why? Because we do what we want to do, and that is the foundation. The foundation of Satanism is just living like you want to do. But yet, if I was to come to you and say, Hey, uh, do you want to live like the devil today? You'd say, Well, surely I don't. No way. I don't want to practice Satanism. But yet, when when you think about the principles they have, is just live like you want to live and do what you want to do. That's how many Christians are living. And so you're practicing Satanism already. Think about that. Think about that. Living like the devil and practicing Satanism already. Not in, don't even realize it. Oh, oh just, just living like the devil and practicing Satanism just sounds bad. We don't like that. So we got just kind of we gotta make it sound a little bit better and ice coat it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's exactly the way we live and, and that's exactly what you know we practice sometimes in our lives. You know what's interesting? That this man This man that believed all these different ways and said all these different things and started this church and and wrote that satanic Bible and done all those things. You know, it's interesting. They say that on his deathbed, that as he was uh, slipping away into eternity, that on his deathbed, as he was slipping away into eternity, they said that his last words were, Oh no, what have I done? Oh no, what have I done? And then he's gone. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. How sad it is. How sad that is. Wow, this man, he, he could have ain't no telling what he could have done. I mean, he, he could have been anything maybe. The yeah, he just devoted his life to himself, devoted his life to doing these things. And he took a lot of people with him. And took other people with him. Yeah, oh no, what have I done? Oh no, what have I done? You see, Pharisees were religious. Pharisees are religious. And a child of devil can be religious too. Child of Devil would be religious. And Child of was religious, but you know what happened? His religion sent him to hell. That's right. His religion sent him to hell. That's exactly what it did. See, a true child of God would shudder at the thought of practicing such, a, such, a, such an evil thing, but that's what we do in our lives sometimes. The third child we're going to talk about this morning is a child of disobedience and wrath. A child of disobedience and wrath. I'm going to have you turn to one more place. One more place. Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll end here. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And this is where our last child is located this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. A child of disobedience and wrath. A child of disobedience and wrath. Let's read. The Bible says, And you hath he quickened, "...who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or our conduct in time past, in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." So here we see in verse 2 he talks about the children of disobedience. In verse 3 he calls them uh, the same child a child of wrath. Well, who is he talking to here? Well, Paul here is addressing uh, the people, addressing uh, saved people on how they used to live before they got saved. He's addressing believers, but he's talking about how they, how that, who they were before they got saved. And he says, "Look, this is the kind of person that you used to be. This is how you can describe a child of disobedience. This is how you can describe a child because that's what you used to be. You used to be a child of disobedience, and so a child of disobedience and wrath is also a person that's unsaved because he's dis- he's discussing and talking about how you. Used used to live before you got saved and so they're lost you know they're lost and they're on the way to hell and the bible says and the wrath of god abides on them the wrath of god abides on them the bible says that these these people were spiritually dead in verse two these people were spiritually dead and the bible says that they walked to, according to the course of this world the course of this world and he says and to the prince of the power of the air now who is that Who's the principal? Yeah, the of power is the devil, right? Yeah, Satan himself. He said, "You walked according to the course of this world." In other words, you live like the world, and you believe in the world's philosophies, and you and you just done the things that they did, and that's just how you live, and that's just who you were. And and to the prince of the power of the air, and so you you were living for the you were living for the world, and you're living like the devil. No, but don't you to notice something here in verse two? Notice something here. Notice something here in verse two. Look at what he says in verse two. After he says. Uh, Let's just read the whole thing over. Wearing in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, comma, comma, then look, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And you say, well, what's so so important about that? Well, so I want you to understand that what that shows us, that shows us that that without even knowing it, that without even knowing it, the devil was using us to do his work. The devil was using us to do his work because ain't that what he said? Look, verse 2, he said... You were walking according to the course of this world, according to the Prince of the Power of the Air. So you were, you were living like the devil, comma, the spirit. Who is the Prince of the Power of the air? He's the Spirit that now works, that now is working, that now is that, that is doing things, that is, that is being productive, that is living, that is living his, his life and his characteristics into your life. He is working in you and working through you. And you never even knew it. Never even know it. And so the devil was using you, the devil was using you to carry out his will and to carry out his purpose. But why? Because he was working in you. And what was you? What did the the Bible call you? He called you a child of disobedience. Why? Because the devil is going to use you to do things against God. He's going to use you to do things against God. And so that's what he told the people. He said, look, look, you know, you used to live this kind of life and you used to be a child of disobedience because you weren't, because you weren't saved and the devil was using you and working in you. You know, the devil will work through you to, to cause harm. The devil works through people to cause harm to others. The devil works through people and influences people to say things that they should, you know, that they should never say. And so he influences, he influences believers but he can, and, he, and he works through, you know, the unsaved people, you know, works through people to, to get them to carry out his will. Why? Because he wants to. Be, he wants to encourage you to be disobedient to God. Because he himself was. He himself was. Why he tried to overthrow. He tried to overthrow the throne of God. God said, "This ain't happening." You know, and threw him out of heaven. And about that, devil said, "Okay, well, if God won't do it, maybe I'll get some of these people down here to do it." Yeah. Yeah. I so, without even knowing it, without even knowing it, the devil was working uh, through these folks. And if you're not saved today, you need to understand that you're sitting here presently as a child of the devil and as a child of disobedience and as we're fixing to look at it as a child of wrath. A child of wrath. The Bible says here in verse 3 that a lost man is by nature a child of wrath. He's by nature a child of wrath. Look at verse 3. The last, let's just read the whole thing. Among whom also we all had our conversation with our conduct in time past and lust of our flesh, fulfilling in the desires fulfilling the desires of our flesh and, hey, and what else? Not only are we just fulfilling the desires of our flesh, but we're just doing something else. Fulfilling the desires of our mind. Yeah. Yeah. And we're by nature, by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. What does that mean? Well, that means that by nature, you was, you, you was born into sin. By nature, right? Yeah, you is a born sinner. Yeah, just like everybody else. And so a man can't say he's not a sinner because that verse just said right there, you are by nature, by nature a child of wrath. You was born lost, born spiritually dead. And so because you were like that, you wasn't serving God, wasn't doing anything for him, you was a child of disobedience. You was was living like a child of the devil because you was doing all these things, fulfilling the desires of your flesh and the desires of your mind and and walking to the course of this world and all those kinds of things. And so it says by nature you were born a child of wrath, a child of wrath. In other words, if you're here today and you're a child of wrath, you need to understand something. If you're a child of wrath and you say and you're sitting here in this pew this morning, the Bible says the wrath of God abides on you. The wrath of God abides on you. You say, well, why is that so important? <laughs> why wouldn't it be? The wrath of God. The wrath... What is the wrath of God? Well, the wrath of God is, is hell, it's the lake of fire. That's what the wrath of God is. And the wrath of God is going to pour down on every person that's not a child of God. I don't care how sweet you may be and all the good things you may do. Ain't none of that going to get you into heaven. The Bible tells that here in even Ephesians chapter 2. Look, look, look. We're right here at it. Verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works like any man should boast care how nice you think you are and how good you think you are and and, and, and all the and whatever your service is none of that matters you can live a good life you can live a good life and do tremendous things and, and great things and when you die they write your name in stone because you were such a good person but if your name ain't written in heaven if your name ain't written in heaven your name ain't in that books of life and you don't have the traits of a believer and you don't belong to the right family you're going to die and go to hell that's what's going to happen it's going to die. The Bible just said there in verse 8, it's not of works. You didn't save yourself. There ain't nothing you can do, and there ain't no work that you can do. Man, you can't save yourself. If you could, then why did Jesus die on the cross? Man, if you could, then all this would have been pointless. It would have been pointless for, for our Savior to die if you can do it yourself. If you can just do something good to save yourself, then why even bother with all this? Why even sitting in church today? Why even here if you can save yourself? You can just do that at home and live how you want to live. Amen? Yeah. So you need to understand this morning that if you're not saved, you are a child of the devil and you are a child of disobedience. And you lost. And you lost. Think about this. John chapter 3 verse 18 says, But he that believeth not is condemned already. Condemned already. You know what that means? That means you're sitting on death row. Think about that. It means you're sitting on death row. Where are the people that go when they when they sit on death row? Well they sit there and they're waiting what? The sentence has been passed. The sentence has already been passed. They've already been judged. The sentence has been passed. And now they're just sitting on death row, just waiting for the judgment to come. That's what they're doing. And if you're here today and you're not saved, that's what you're doing. You're sitting on death row. You're sitting on death row. Yeah, you're just the sentence has done been passed. The Bible says you're condemned already. Why? Because you are by nature a child of the devil. You're by nature a child of wrath. And so if you're not saved this morning, you're sitting on death row. and all You've you, you done being sentenced. You've done been condemned. And all you're waiting on is the judgment to come. But you know what? If you're here today and, and you are a child of the devil, let me tell you something. The only reason why your sentence hasn't been completely carried out yet is because God's having mercy on your life. God's having mercy on your life. And so that shows His love and His mercy and His long-suffering on your life because He's trying to give you an opportunity to get saved. That's what He's trying to do. Give you an opportunity to get saved. And so I encourage you this morning. I encourage you this morning. If you're not saved, come to know Christ. If you're not saved, come to know Him. That's the most important thing out of this whole service. That's the most important thing out of this whole service. Is knowing who you are before you leave today. Who am I anyway? Well, as we've looked at these as we look at these different children today. Just examine yourself, just like that woman did. Just examine yourself and say, what am I, who do I have more characteristics like? Who do I have more characteristics like? Who do I look like? Who do I seem more like? And that's something that we all have to do you know, to ourselves. It's something that only us can do. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. And the Bible says today, if you'll harden not your hearts. If you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. I think everybody close their eyes, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed.